Today's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter our code LASTS to get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. That's Stamps.com, and use the code LASTS. Hey guys, Jeff here. We have a special episode for you today. Now, why is that? That is because you are about to hear something very, very rare, and that is Alyssa preaching an incredible, amazing sermon from a couple months ago in Spokane. Now, what's rare is not that she preached an amazing one, because when she speaks, she's always incredible and always so spirit-filled and insightful with the scriptures, but she tends to not speak that often. Um, and so it's a real huge treat when I get to hear her speak. And this was an amazing message she gave in Spokane, Washington, where we both got invited to kind of tag team a conference together um, last March. And it was an absolute blast, but I know this message is going to bless you. And the cool part is, I think it's for anyone listening, any ages, I think you'll get something from it. But the target audience this night was actually high schoolers, which we rarely speak to um, anymore. And what's really cool is I know a lot of those people who listen to the podcast are family, families, um, young marrieds, but I also know there's a handful of you guys that are kind of single young adults, college students, high school students. And so I know this message will really bless you, even though I think it's for everyone, but it's really cool to kind of get back to what we used to, uh, uh, kind of talk about a lot more. So we hope it blesses you. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. Hi, guys. It is such an honor to be here with you guys tonight, and um, it's just so fun to hang out with you guys. I'm like, can I have a little bit of your energy? Um, We just have, we have a four-month-old and then two toddlers. Thank you. Um, And so I'm remembering what it's like, this like high school excited youth um, is so fun. I am so excited to speak with you guys tonight and I've been praying about it and just asking the Lord, what do you want me to share? And I love the last song that we just sang um, about putting our trust in the Lord's love and building a firm foundation on Him because that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about tonight. The whole um, night is about relationships, and, you know, I was thinking about this, and the main thing, this is the key, I'll give it away, to any good relationship is having a firm foundation in Jesus. If you don't have that, your relationship is probably going to be really rocky or unhealthy, or your security will be very shaken. Um, So to build your life upon Jesus Christ. I, so like I mentioned before, we um, have a four-month-old, and a couple months ago, um, I was, it was the middle of the day, and I'd been up all night, and she was crying, and I was trying to get her to go to sleep, and she just wasn't really having it, so I, she was kind of crying in her crib, and I was like, you know, it's okay, I don't need to rest today, I'm just going to grab a cup of coffee and have my peppermint Jojo. Do you guys like Trader Joe's peppermint Jojo's at Christmas? My friend sent it to me in Maui, 
was like, I'll be fine. I'll totally just like have a piece of chocolate and some caffeine and I'll be good to go for the rest of it. So I get it. She's sleeping for like 10 minutes. I'm laying on our day bed and I'm drinking my coffee and chomping on my chocolate and tears are just like bawling down my face. You know, girls, like, do you guys ever have that ugly cry? Like a boy maybe like hurt your feelings or you broke up and you get the, the pint of ice cream and you're just like... <laughs> Like, it's just ugly. Sometimes Jeff and I will be watching a movie, and he'll look over, and he just knows the ugly cry is coming. So I was totally doing that. Like, God, I thought that this caffeine and this chocolate was going to get me through the day, but this is just not satisfying me. You know when you eat something, it's like, this isn't hitting the spot? I, really, what I needed was a good nap and probably a cup of water. And so I'm just bawling. And I was thinking of that story, and I'm wondering how many of us look to relationships um, to a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a guy that we like, kind of like that coffee and that cookie, and thinking that that is going to satisfy our souls when it's not, when Jesus alone is the one that's going to satisfy us. And I'm not saying relationships are bad. God, it is a God-given desire. It is a good, good thing. But we have to really check our heart at what are we looking in life to satisfy us and to fulfill us? What do we look to to find our security? Um, to find our identity, to say, like, who am I? That whole song about we are who the Lord says we are, but really do we believe that? Do we actually believe that, or do we kind of think that we are what a relationship status is, or we are what that guy says about us or doesn't say about us? Do you believe that your security and your identity and your worth is in Jesus Christ, or is it in something else? Um, you know, oftentimes I think, especially um, when we're single and trying to figure out dating and stuff, it's so easy to idolize relationships. They can become an idol in your life, whether you're in a relationship and you're dating. Have you ever like had a friend and then they start dating and all of a sudden you don't see them anymore because they're always hanging out with that guy or that girl? That's probably not the most healthy thing. Um, a lot of things can become idols in our life. Idols is basically anything that play, takes the place of Jesus because we're made to worship him. We're made for him. We're made by him. And it's basically anything we look to to find our ultimate worth and satisfaction in. A lot of things can be idols. It can be school. It can be getting straight A's. It could be in the captain of the football team. It could be sports. It could be money. It could be alcohol. All these things. But I think a lot of the times, especially in Christian circles, it can be relationships and having a boyfriend and girlfriend or not. I, and I'll go into this in a little bit, I never even dated until I was 22, which totally was not my choice. I wish I could have. Um, there just wasn't that guy that was pursuing me. But having a relationship was totally an idol in my life. I loved Jesus so much, but I so desperately longed for a boyfriend that it easily became something that my heart loved more than the Lord. So we have to ask, where are we getting our worth from, our identity, our security, and hope? It can only be found in Jesus. And I love this passage in Isaiah 43. I'll just kind of be skipping around a little bit tonight. But um, this passage, Isaiah 43, 1 through 4, I'm just going to read it. It says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, He who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've made you new. I have called you by name. Kelly, Robin, John, Jacob, I have called you by name. You are mine. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. A lot of times in life, we need to ask, who is the Lord and who does he say I am? He is the Lord, our God. He is our Savior, the Holy One of Israel. And then verse 4 says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. That's God speaking to you. He says that you are precious in his eyes, that you are honored, and he loves you. Um, so back to my story with dating. I love this age group. I love where you guys are at in life because even though I had grown up in the church, I didn't really start to walk with the, with the Lord until I was 15. And it was then that um, I really understood what Christianity was. It wasn't just going to church and doing the right thing and checking off all the little things on my list, but it was actually a relationship with the Lord and knowing that He loved me and wanted me and He wanted to walk life with me and He was my Savior and my rock and my God. And so when I was 15, the summer before high school, I started to really understand that and I started to really love Jesus and hunger for him and want to know what he said in his word and getting to know him. And, um, and then at the same time, a month later, I met this guy at church. Uh, we'll just call him, I don't know, Chad for just clarity in case if you ever would know him. And um, I fell head over heels in love with him. I just thought he was the first guy I had ever met that actually loved Jesus too. And um, back then, which this is going to date me a little bit. We didn't have Instagram or Facebook, but we had AOL Instant Messenger, and we had like the dial-up internet. Yeah? So we didn't have phones or smartphones, so we would get, like I would go into my guest room at night, and I'd get on my computer, and it would dial up, do-do-do-do-do-do, and then you'd be on the internet, and then it would have this AOL Messenger, and it would have like a list of all your friends, and then a door would open and go, when they like were on at the same time with you and you couldn't believe like if the guy that you liked was on at the same time you were like oh my gosh it's meant to be he's on and then you would stay up till you know 1 a.m in the morning chatting um talking to them so he and i he and chad and i i think that's what i'm calling him um we would talk forever and it would be about the lord and it would be about all these questions these deep theological questions and i was just like wow this guy is just the bee's knees like this is who I want to be with. I totally fell in love with him. I wanted to marry him so bad. Um, and this, if I'm honest with you, I liked him for six years, and he never even knew it. I never even told him, um, which I'm so thankful I never did, but <laughs> um, I was just like totally head over heels for him. And pro tip for you guys, at the same time, even though I liked him for six years and I would pray that I'd be able to marry him, I also prayed for his future wife, knowing that most likely I probably wouldn't marry him and he'd get married someday. And it's so cool because now we're actually friends with them. We've like swapped houses. Jeff loves him. And it's so cool to look back and be like, wow, Lord, you answered so many of my prayers. And it's so cool that I was able to pray for his wife and now to see who you brought as his wife. And she's awesome. So if you like somebody, um, pray for their future spouse, because it's pretty cool to see how the Lord answers. Um, anyway, and so that was a month after I started to really walk with the Lord, and it was, um, even though that relationship didn't surmount to anything, it was through that that I felt like the Lord really 
drew me close to him. When I would come home late at, from youth group or a party and I'd be sad because I didn't get to talk to him or I would be rejected or whatever, it was the Lord who was there. And he was the one that saw me crying in my bed late at night. He was the one that was faithful and true. And through that whole experience and the pain sometimes that that caused, the Lord really showed me that he is my rock, that he is the one that is faithful, that he's not going anywhere, and that he knows every part of me and loves me. And that's the thing. I think all of us in this room, relationships is such a big topic because we're made relationally. We're made out of um, community, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and we're made for community. We're made to have relationships. And... um, I was going, I totally have mom brain, so I was totally going somewhere and then I'm forgetting. Um, And so that relationship really hits a nerve. Oh, and so I think what we're all looking for in this room is to be fully loved and fully known. We can't be fully known and not fully loved because then we totally feel rejected. We don't feel like they love us for who we are. And we can't be fully loved without being fully known because then it kind of feels fake because they don't really know us. We all are looking to be fully loved and fully known, but that is only fulfilled in Jesus. He formed you. He created you. He made you with all your quirks and all your personality and all your gifts and talents and weaknesses, and he loves you so much, and he knows everything about you. He sees you late at night. He sees you when you're crying in your bed and you're sad and you're hurt, when your parents get a divorce, when there's a lot of pain because that guy didn't talk to you, when you have that breakup. When you looked at the screen again and you told yourself you weren't going to, God loves you and knows you fully. And is that enough for you? Are you finding your full satisfaction and identity in Jesus and his love? Um, You know, I think we all love a good story and we all love... Um, well, for me, I absolutely love romantic comedies. Jeff is so sweet because um, in our whole seven years of marriage, we probably only watched three of the movies he's ever wanted to, and I fell asleep in one. It was literally the most boring thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And um, the only thing I ever want to see is romantic comedies or Hallmark movies, and Jeff is a trooper, and he'll totally watch them with me. Um, I've always loved a good love story, and I think a lot of us, we love a good love story or we love an action-packed adventure, but do you believe that God not only is writing a love story for you, but that he has written the greatest love story of all time, and you are in it, and you are the one that he wants, that he is pursuing you at all hours of the day, that he is always with you, always for you, always desiring to be in relationship with you. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Stamps.com. You guys know we love Stamps.com, people. We ship a ton of stuff with books and letters and posters and merch and all of that stuff. Um, And we've been doing this with Stamps long before they even sponsored the podcast. So it's kind of cool that we finally got their support, and we love them. And uh, what we love about it is you don't have to actually even leave your house or your office. Um, They're one of the most powerful time-saving tools for small businesses. They eliminate trips to the post office, and they save you money. And they bring all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. You just use your computer and you can print official U.S. postage 24-7 on any letter, any package, any class of mail, 
anywhere you want to send. And once it's ready, you just put it in your mailbox and you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off your priority mail. It's a no brainer. It saves you time and money. I know it does for us. So right now you guys can get a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in last. That's stamps.com and enter lasts. Um, I've been thinking about this chapter a lot lately. In John 12, it talks about these three, um, this brother and these two sisters. And if you've, um, if you heard about him before, Lazarus and he has, which what a name. I've never met anyone named Lazarus today. Um, but he has these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus is really good friends with Lazarus. He's the one that um, Jesus rose him from the grave, if you remember that story. And it says in John 12, they're having a meal together. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha, one of the sisters, served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Um, There's a lot that could be said on this passage of scripture, but I'll just go here with this right now. Um, I love this passage because I really look to Mary, and I love that um, she knows that Jesus is in her home and that this is the Messiah. This is the one that they have been waiting for for thousands of years, that their father's fathers, their grandparents have been telling them about, and they have been waiting for. And he is actually in their home and having a meal with her. And she takes this expensive perfume that was probably a year's worth of wages. So think if any of you guys are saving up for something big, maybe a laptop, maybe a big trip for this summer, a mission trip, um, some whatever, football thing that you guys have been saving up. And just... Sorry. I just was thinking Jeff played like um, baseball his whole life, and so he'd always have these things to buy for and saving up. Um, And you've saved up all this money, and then the one that you have been waiting for comes to your home, and she just pours it out on him and is like on her knees worshiping her Savior. And I love it because she knows that the greatest treasure ever to behold is with her right now, and she's giving everything to him. And I wonder if we really see Jesus like that. Do we really treasure him? Does he capture our hearts? Is he our everything and our firm foundation that we're building our life upon? And he's worthy. He is worthy, and he is the greatest treasure. Um, These high school years that you guys are in are foundational. And I love that you guys are in these years because God is doing so much um, in these years. And I'm looking out at you guys, and I just think, wow, God has a calling on your generation. 
And he has a calling on your life and his hand is upon you and he has a crazy mission for you to be a part of. He wants to take you into his love story. He's pursuing you. He wants to love you. He wants to be that rock in your life. And then he wants to write this crazy adventure story where you are in it and you get to be on mission with him and fight in this battle. You guys have a purpose and a crazy calling that you get to be a part of with the Lord. And so I think in these years, we have to learn ask the questions about how do we have healthy relationships? What is dating? How do I date? Who's my future spouse? All these things. But I think the main things to focus on before we even get there is building the foundation with you and the Lord. And how do you do that? One, there's like, okay, I wrote five things that you can do. One, know his word. He has given you the Bible. And it's not just these crazy, crazy ancient texts that don't, are crazy hard to understand. It's like these love letters that he has written for you. Dig into them. You guys have time right now. And even though it may not seem like it because school is busy and you have sports and you have jobs, he's giving you time to dig in and know his word. And he has something for you in there to really know his word and let those sink in and be your strong anchors in life. I have walked through deep valleys and hardships in life. And the things that have gotten me through is the Lord and knowing his word. In his word, we put our true hope. And he wants to meet you there and give you these words that will help you through high school. Two, prayer. And I know these things can sound so Christian cliche, but guys, prayer is this opportunity to talk with the Lord. The opportunity to have him speak to you. And I love this verse in Psalm um, 25. Wait, let me see if I can get it. Um, 2514, I've been thinking about this so much lately. It says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. God wants to be a friend with you, and he has this, these like whispers, these secrets that he wants to share with you, but the only way that we can get them is when we actually pursue him and have an open ear. Are you pursuing him in prayer? And it's prayer, that can be a whole nother talk in itself, but it's not a big, like, it, you don't have to know a bunch of things. It's just basically talking to him like your best friend. When I was in high school, I have a whole bin in our attic of these journals because I would just journal to the Lord. If you're a journal, this is journal, journaler. This is the way to do it. Just write out letters to him and talk to him and pour your heart out to him. Be so raw, gut, honest with him because he already knows it anyway. And he's the one that wants to talk to you about it and he'll tell you his word and he'll give you hope and he'll speak to you. And lately, I, I just feel like the Lord is just telling me, Alyssa, just pray, just pray. And I love um, the book of James. I remember reading this one time. James, they used to call him camel knees because he had these knees that were callous because he would pray so much on them. And that's kind of who I want to be. I want to be this woman who is known to be a prayer warrior that gets on her knees and calls upon heaven and calls upon Jesus because he's the only one that can do anything anyway. And I want to know him. I want to, I want to surrender to him and to hear his voice and to do as he says because when he actually tells us these things, it's the, like the craziest, greatest adventure. When I say like, hey, I think the Lord told me this or something, and then the friend is like, oh my goodness, the Lord totally spoke to you right now. It's so crazy when you're actually a part of what God is doing. 
So prayer, learn to talk to the Lord and hear his voice. And then three, community and mentors. I think it's so important to be in community. And I think just you guys being here, it shows that you probably do have a great community and you probably have mentors, parents, youth leaders, people that have gone two years ahead of you that you can really confide in and ask questions and seek wisdom from. Um, And oh, also with prayer, I think a big thing in this season of life too while you're single, just even if you're dating, if you're not married yet, is to pray for your future spouse. And some of you may be like, that's kind of weird. But guys, you can now pray for your future spouse. And it's not that God doesn't hear those prayers. He actually hears them and he actually answers them. And he will lead you in how to pray for them. And I think as you pray for them, it not only gives you hope as you wait, but it also gives you a sense of like, okay, I'm not going to settle because I'm praying for this person. And God is answering those prayers and moving in that husband, that future wife, and building them to become a man or woman of God. And then fifth, fifth is, I think in this season, dream big. God has given you callings. God has given you strengths. God has given you passions that and now in this season you can pursue. So go do it. Ask God, like, wow, what do you have for me? What passions do I have? Can I go do that? And then go and be on mission and take risks and build your faith in those things. The main thing in this season of life, I feel like, is to learn, and maybe this is all in the Christian life, no matter what season of life you're in, learn to live a surrendered life to Jesus, to trust him. Okay, so building our foundation in the Lord, that's so good and That's where it all starts, but then let's get down to, okay, this is about relationship, so let's talk a little bit about that. The desire to be in a relationship, the desire to have a boyfriend and girlfriend, the desire to be married is a good desire because God has given it to you. And just just because you're 15, 16, 17, 18 and not able to get married now doesn't mean that that desire is invalid. I think sometimes the Christian culture, we can do a disservice to you guys in this generation because we can say, oh, that's, that's for later. That's when you're like old enough to get married. Let's just focus on these things. But no, these are really big passions and desires that you have. And trust me, when I was 15, I was like, I'm ready to get married. Why do I have to wait? And so I get it. And I, so I'm not saying that this isn't anything. I think there is so much truth and value here. But my main point here is to let that desire bring you to Jesus. That longing to be married, that longing to be in relationship with someone, to have a healthy relationship, use that to press into the Lord. Whether you are dating someone already or you're not and you're still waiting, whether you're waiting for 10 more years, 20 more years, whether you wait only five more years, press into the Lord. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him to hold your heart as you wait to trust him with this waiting season. And um, for me, you know, I, like literally guys, I was a bride, like in a white dress when I was five for Halloween. That's how much I was like, I want to be married. And, um, And so I, like I said, I loved this guy all through high school. I never dated anyone, which was not my choice at all. I totally wanted to date someone. I never got invited to a dance. I just, there's no one that really pursued me. And then I was thinking, okay, that's okay. I mean, not really okay, but I'll go to, I'll go to Christian college and I'll get my missus degree, so I'll be okay. 
And then in college, there was nobody. <laughs> and so here I am, like, what do I do with this longing? I so desire to be, to have a boyfriend. I desire to be married. And there's just no guy that is coming along my way. Um, and I, you know, singleness, there's so much that could be said on that. But I remember so many moments in my life where it was so painful. Whether I was in high school or in college or after college, it just felt painful. And there was moments where it was like, I cannot go one more second being single. The waiting was hard. And the Lord used that in my life to really draw me close to him and to really ask, Alyssa, do you trust me? Do you believe that I am in control, that I am writing your love story Hope in me. Trust me. And I think the thing with hope that I'm learning in this season of my life right now, um, you know, there's so much hope as a believer. Christ is our hope. In his word, we hope. And hope is having an expectation and an anticipation for what is to come. But we, that can only happen because there's some type of pain and suffering that the world isn't right yet. And so I think sometimes when we're so longing to be in relationship, we're hoping, it's also painful sometimes. And I love this chapter in Lamentations 3, um, and I'm actually going to read it out of the message just because I love that version so much. Um, it says, and this was one of my chapters that I just came back to over and over and over. It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember all, oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. I'm sticking with God. No matter what, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what relationship happens, no matter what breakup, no matter what waiting season you have, I'm sticking with God. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. I love that passage, and I would read it over and over, knowing that God's faithfulness is always with me, that his hope is always sure and steadfast, and that I've got God no matter what. He is always with you, and he is writing this beautiful story for you to be a part of. Um, So to wrap it up a little bit, do you believe that God is writing a good story for your life and that he is going to use whatever past you have. He's going to redeem it. He's going to use it. I love Job 42 too. It says the Lord, I'm not going to quote it totally correctly right now, but basically it says no plan of the Lord can be thwarted. 
Meaning, no matter what has happened in your life, God's plan will not be thwarted. His plan is going to be sure, and that he will redeem anything in your life. That what your past is, God is going to use in the future. He is writing a good story for you, and what he has is full of hope and goodness. But let me tell you that his way is the best way. And as this passage in Lamentation says, it is a good thing to patiently wait on the Lord. When Jeff and I got married, my friend did this whole chalkboard art. And we had chosen one of those verses from Isaiah that said, Blessed is the one who waits on the Lord. Because that waiting season had seemed really long and really hard. But man, to God bless me with a good husband. And all those years of praying for him, I'm sorry, just like postpartum tears. <laughs> if you know Jeff's story at all, you know that he didn't grow up in a Christian home. He didn't know the Lord until he was 19, and I believe that the Lord answered all those prayers in high school that I prayed for him, that the Lord knew that he needed somebody to be praying for him. Guys, you have that opportunity right now. I want you to see a bigger vision. High school can feel like this is it, this is hard, this is all my life is high school. There is a bigger vision, and God wants you to step into it, to have hope for the future and to be praying now. And even though it's hard because you can't see what's going to happen in the future, God is going to answer your prayers, and you're going to be able to look back seven, five, ten years from now and say, wow, he answered that. That night when I prayed that, he protected him and that my husband in that situation. He saved him that night. He protected him. You guys, prayer is powerful, and God is moving when you pray, and you can pray right now, and he will answer, even if you don't see the fruit of it years from now. Do you believe that God's writing a good story for you and that you get to be a part of it? and it's powerful, and it's crazy adventure, and it takes risk, and it takes a whole lot of faith. And right now, in this year, these years, God is building your faith, and he is a sure rock that you can trust in, that you can build your foundation on. He loves you guys more than you will ever know. So these questions I want you guys just to think about tonight and as we pray and throughout the week um, that actually I wrote down, and I don't even know if they really go along with what all I said. Do you guys believe that God is in control? That he is kind to you? He is good and he is powerful, but he's also kind. That he has a good story that he wants you to be a part of. So here's my question. Is anything holding you back? Are you trying to control it? Is there any fear that you have? Are you in a relationship right now that you're like, mm, it's probably not what the Lord wants for me? It's probably not as healthy as it could be. Maybe it's just not the right timing. Are you in a season of waiting and it just feels really hard right now? Does the Lord have something for you in that? Are you trusting him to be your hope? Um, so I just want to pray for you guys. I'm going to have just a few couple minutes for you guys just to really talk and check your hearts and ask the Lord what he wants to speak to you, and then I'll pray for you guys. Lord, I just thank you so much for these students. I thank you for bringing them here tonight. There's so many other things they could be doing, and they're here. 
Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them right now. Will you whisper to them, Lord, your love? Shower them with hope. Fill them with peace, God, and give them a bigger vision for their life. God, I pray that they would know and believe your great love for them, that it wouldn't just be this, oh yeah, I memorized the verse in Bible school, but they would truly believe that you love them and you are crazy about them and that you pursue them, that you follow them every day with your mercy and love and goodness. And Lord, I pray that they would become men and women who love you with all their hearts and all their minds, that they would give everything to follow you, God, that they would know like Mary that you are the greatest treasure and that they already have it. They don't have to search any longer, God, that you fully love them and you fully know them. God, I pray that this room, these people would become prayer warriors, Lord, that they would spend time talking with you because they believe that you are powerful, that you are with them, that you love to communicate with them, and that they would be praying for their future spouses, God. And I pray for these men and women in this room that you would just help them to, I don't know, just not settle and to wait for your best to have wisdom in relationships, God. And I pray that you would bless them with spouses who love you, God, that they would be better together on mission for you than apart. God, I pray that they would pray now for their future spouses and that you would move mountains, God, that you would build your kingdom in this room. Thank you, God, that it's through... um, that you love to show your gospel and your message through relationships. And I just pray that you'd be so glorified in these men and women's lives, God, that they would honor you, that they would love you and trust you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.